Today the church celebrates the great festival of Pentecost. Pentecost, the birth of the Christian church. Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down in a peculiar and powerful way. Pentecost, when the Christian faith, which in the first century was just a tiny, largely unknown, largely Jewish faith, began to spread beyond the city of Jerusalem and beyond the boundaries of Judaism, and eventually moved to the ends of the earth, even to Dubuque, Iowa. And so to use some old slang, Dubuque might be thought of as being far out. How many of you remember that old slang and people would say far out? Yeah, some of us do and some of us don't. Some of us have sharper memories for other kinds of slang, such as cool beans, that's dope, goat, and lend me a locust. Yeah, lend me a locust, that one is crazy popular, especially here at St. John's. All the cool kids are saying it, lend me a locust. Well, kind of. In today's lesson from Acts chapter 2, we find an account of the very first Pentecost. And the Spirit descends upon the very first apostles, Jesus' student teachers, empowering them to speak the languages of all the people that are gathered around them. Now, in the first century, Jerusalem was very much an international city. And actually, even more so on this occasion that this passage talks about. Because thousands had come from far away and near for the Jewish Harvest Festival in Jerusalem, Shabbat. Now the passage goes on beyond what is assigned for today's lesson, but it goes on to describe a sermon that the Apostle Peter preached. Did the sermon go well? Well, you tell me. Here's that later on in Acts, just a couple of verses later. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who welcomed Peter's message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 persons were added. Did the sermon go well? I'd say that's a pretty good sermon. In fact, turn to somebody and say, 3,000. A little more enthusiasm, please. 3,000. Yeah, there we go. So 3,000 baptisms. 3,000 people declaring their faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever language, slang, or dialect you want to use, I think most of us could agree that that was pretty fantastic, far out, and fabulous. If you agree, raise your hand and say amen. Amen. But what is all this weird Holy Spirit stuff? The Spirit coming down, flames of fire, people speaking in different languages. What is all that about? Well, we see that the Holy Spirit empowers the apostles to speak in the languages of the peoples around them. Empowers. That is, equips or makes possible. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence. Let's say that together. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence. 
empowering you as an individual Christian to live out your faith, empowering us as a parish family, empowering the Christian church around the world to join in on the ongoing mission and ministry of Jesus. Or as St. Paul puts it, if you were listening carefully, here's how St. Paul put it in our lesson from 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the Holy Spirit pushes and propels and gifts us and invites us to share the faith with the people around us in the language in a way that they can understand. Invites us, equips us to pass on the faith to people of all generations, but especially the young. And to use our gifts and our abilities and our experiences in the service of others for the common good. It's not a bad description of the Christian faith, in short. Pass on the faith of Jesus, use our gifts and abilities to serve others, whoever they are. Not bad, right? It's not a bad summary there. And actually, Jesus describes this way of life that the Apostle Paul was talking about. He has this quick little summary for it. And if this summary is not the bedrock of everything we do at St. John's, we have a problem. If this, is, this bedrock is not there, what Jesus taught, then you know what we're doing? We're playing a very respectable, but very, very regrettable religious game. If that is not the bedrock of everything we do, from budgets to meetings to how you talk to people downstairs, how you talk to people outside of this building about St. John's. If we're not, if that's not the bedrock of what we're doing, we're just going through the motions. It's empty, hollow motions. Maybe even a waste of our time. Your time to be here. Versus the opposite, which is when we let that be the bedrock, and we let the Holy Spirit blow through our lives out into the world. So, how did Jesus describe the meaning of life? How did he summarize this? What did he say? Life is like a box of chocolates. No, that's not what Jesus said. Who said that? Forrest Gump said that from that popular movie with Tom Hanks. No, Jesus said, love God, love neighbor. So connect with the Creator, connect with humanity, serve, love. This is the heart of the faith that all of us are invited to pass on to others. And this is actually the sacred responsibility of every parent, grandparent, and godparent who stands for a child at Baptism. This is exactly what is happening today. When Kathy and Mike, and actually all of us, as witnesses to Matthias, Evelyn, and Hannah's baptism, are promising to do. We don't just stand and say, isn't that lovely that they're doing that? No, we make promises before God Almighty. And the promise is this. We promise to support Kathy and Mike and their parenting, and to help them encourage Matthias, Evelyn, and Hannah, and discovering their gifts and abilities and how they can use them for the common good. The common good of this church family, the common good of their family, the common good of the wider world. And we promise 
to help Kathy and Mike to teach their kids the language of faith in a way that they can understand. And this will look different when the kids are 6 years old versus 16 years old, right? It will mean that we will have to learn how they think and what is important to them. And then relate all of that to the gospel of Jesus. That's called Christian parenting. What is important to your kids? What are they interested in? How does that relate to the gospel of Jesus? Will doing all that be easy? No. In fact, it will stretch us as parents and as parishioners to learn to speak the language of faith ourselves, our own faith, more readily and fluently. So there's a secret. There's a secret that shouldn't be a secret. Here it is. This is how Christianity is supposed to work. Without a regular passing on of the faith, especially to the young, but also to people all around us who do not follow Christ, our church, our discipleship, our lives as Christians, will inevitably lose vitality, energy, and joy. That's how one theologian puts it. I'm going to rewind that. If you want to help me rewind, you can. This is how Christianity is supposed to work. Without a regular passing on of the faith, especially to the young, but also to people all around us who do not follow Christ. Our church, our discipleship, our lives as Christians will inevitably lose vitality, energy, and joy. So... Open your heart to the warming power of the Spirit. And pass on the faith to the children in your lives, whatever their ages. You do that by living the faith yourself. That's the most important. You you do that by living the faith yourself. You do that by talking about your faith in your own words, in words that your kids can understand. And it's especially important you do that when you're not here in this building. But you do that when you're at home with them. Just out in the battle, to just in life with them. And you do that by regularly bringing the young people in your lives to the community of faith. And you do that for your grown and growing children by continuing to plant and cultivate seeds of faith in their life. Whether they're 25 or 55 or whatever. Oh, and by the way, we don't have time to get into this passage's Pentecost mandate to speak the language of faith in ways that other people would understand. We don't have time to get to how that has a giant pink elephant. That's a pink elephant noise there. Has giant pink elephant implications for how we should conduct and organize ourselves as a congregation. It was all about making the faith accessible and understandable to the people around us in a way they can understand. That has some pretty big implications for us as a congregation. You're smart people, I bet you can figure out some of those on your own. The rest we'll figure out together as we press on with our mission of loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Matthias, Evelyn, and Hannah are being baptized into that mission today. And all of us are renewing our commitment to that mission this morning. 
Question. Do you think the very first Christians on that first Pentecost had any idea of what would happen to them in their lives in the future centuries when the Holy Spirit came down upon them in that fresh new way? What do you think? No, they had no idea. We don't either. We don't know either. And so let us dare to dream again for St. John's and not lose our hopeful imaginations for what can be. Let us dare to pass our faith on again and not be cut off from our wider community or even our own children. Let us dare to make this church a missionary outpost again, as it once was in the 19th century frontier with Bishop Kemper and the founders of St. John's. But today let us be a missionary outpost for a 21st century secular frontier, the changing Dubuque, a changing world. An outpost of service for the common good. An outpost where the faith is passed on to the young and to all sorts of people. An outpost of trying, transforming love. Amen.